Welcome back into the pylon. Studio H, Impact 89 FM Studios. I'm your host, Michael Markach. Alongside me, as usual, Manit Patel, Jay DeCoster, no Owen Ozust once again. And it's come to my attention that our episode from last week actually did not go up on the internet. Um, so our apologies for that. But for those of you who are missing an episode, I'm sure that will get up at some point. You can go back and listen to it. But we will make sure that we kind of recap what happened last week in the Pick'em. That way you guys are all on the same page and understand what's kind of going on. Once again, our apologies for that. But we are excited for championship week. Fellas, what a weekend of football that was. Oh, my goodness. I mean, from the Packers losing 13-10 to that insane, probably one of the best games I've ever seen, the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, back back and forth scoring. It was probably just the best weekend of football. I mean, recency bias aside, maybe the best weekend of football I've ever seen in my life. Like, what about you, Manit? No, it was pretty. It was pretty good, man. I I have no no issue with that. It was a very very good weekend of football. Every game was decided last possession. Every game finished in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was every great. game was fantastic. The Cooper the Cooper Cup last sec basically and last second Matthew play. Matthew Stafford. Oh my God! I mean, what a throw that was. I mean, apparently the Bucks called for a zero blitz but the whole team the half the the defense and they it was a miscommunication so you could see the the blown coverage there so i mean it was just it was a crazy weekend i mean i'm i'm still i'm I, i'm still just thinking about that weekend but now we got championship sunday which is one of my one of my favorite times of the year so yeah i mean i agree i think it was really great to see i mean all four games come down to the final play three game winning field goals and then obviously the game winning touchdown by Kansas City uh, we're going to go kind of in depth on all four of these games a little bit down the road in this episode and talk about what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and just a lot of our takeaways. But to start, we're going to jump into some news from around the league, and a lot of it has to do with general manager and head coaching hires um, on the side of a few teams. And of course, we are going to have an episode where we basically break down all of these, so you're not going to get all of our in-depth takes right now. But considering two of them came from the Chicago Bears and we have a resident Bears fan in studio yep. right now, we're going to give him a platform to give us some, I guess, right like off rip thoughts and, you know, his first impressions. And then, you know, obviously as a few weeks go on, they may change. But as for the GMs, Joe Schoen was hired as GM in New York. We uh, that broke actually live on the show last week. Yep. Ryan Poles is now the new GM of the Chicago Bears coming over from Kansas City. And then Kowesi Adolfo Mensa from the Cleveland Browns, their, their former executive VP of football operations, was hired as the general manager in Minnesota. So at least to start with that, Jay, what do you think about Poles? I mean, he comes from Kansas City, so we all know Kansas City – front office they have up there I mean they're producing really good players and they're in the FC championship game for the fourth consecutive year yeah I mean I like the hire I think if you're under Brett Veach and you were part of that scouting department to help find Patrick Mahomes and help find second round pick Nick Bolton from this previous year and help find Tyreek Hill in the fifth round I think it's a pretty good hire um, as for Matt Eberflus I think I mean it's a Ryan Poles hire so we have to give him a chance obviously because he's he's, he's it's a first. It's his first time being a GM. He doesn't have any experience. Avery Flus doesn't have any experience. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a chance. Obviously, I mean, I think that's what everyone, every fan base is gonna do. But you know, with George McCaskey making these hires, I mean, there's a little. You, I mean, they've earned the skepticism. Um, <laughs> and there's been times where George McCaskey has hired a Phil Emery of the world, and obviously that that was a disaster with Mark Trustman. To hiring John Fox and Ryan Pace didn't work out. Hiring Matt Nagy obviously did not work out. So. We'll have to see, but I think Ryan Poles could work out. We'll have to see, but, you know, I don't know. Um, I like the Joe Shane hire. I thought it was— Oh, it's Shane? Yeah. Oh, my I, apologies I, to that guy. I thought Joe it was Sh- yeah, Joe a Shane, really good Joe hire. Um, I'll get it right. He knows his stuff coming from Buffalo, obviously, second to Brandon Bean, and I think when he gets Dable, um, it'll be a good fit. <laughs> Because yeah. it, it, it feels it's, like a it done has deal. to happen. Like, it just makes so yeah. much sense. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm happy for the Giants because, I mean, I've taken a, list, a look at some of their finalists. Uh, two of them are Brian Dable and Brian Flores, um, which are probably the two Top. best candidates right now. Yeah. The Giants are doing this the right way. 
Um, and I can respect that, but I'll let you continue, Manix. Um, I liked, yeah, the Joe Shane hire. I think getting Dable is going to be good. I think them giving Daniel Jones is okay, another shot is okay. They're not in a position where they can take another quarterback this year and feel like good about it, given how many draft picks they have and the talent they could get around um, Jones for a team to compete next year. And if it doesn't work, you just draft one of the like four talented quarterbacks, extremely talented quarterbacks that should declare. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in two years, put them in, your in team two and years, get a to you're going to be talking about quarterbacks: C.J. Stroud, Bryce yeah, Young, Stroud, mm-hmm. Bryce D.J. Uyuga. We I can never I say that. It, name. I think it's we oh, he'll be coming. Rattler will be in the draft. And you'll Rattler, Keaton Slovis, like Keaton quarterbacks Slovis. like yeah. that. They'll like, be like you're gonna have a really good class for the Giants to pick from. Yeah. And it makes sense for them to wait. And I think they decided that going into the season when they stuck with Jones for this season. And they decided it when they again announced that he's their quarterback going forward. Um I like the polls higher. I wasn't a big fan of the Eberflus hire. Um, I thought they needed someone who could communicate from the head coaching position with Justin Fields as like, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to come up with me as the leader of my locker room and we're going to build this team up. Mm-hmm. And I think they had an opportunity to do that and they didn't. But I think Eberflus can still connect with um, Fields. He's a good locker room coach for sure. That... Defense in Indianapolis was built on culture. Let's not. Mm-hmm. They were the number know, one defense in 2020. Let's not down on it. That they were legit. He built them on culture, yep. and then they played well together and mm-hmm. really gelled. But I thought they it was a missed opportunity more than a bad hire. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And at the same time, we'll get into the um, we'll get into the coaching hire here in just a second. Uh, I want to talk about Adolfo Mensa just real quick for Minnesota because you two have kind of hit on the other two. Um, and it comes kind of close to me because I know him. He was with the Browns. He was their executive um, vice president of football ops. And, you know, this is a guy who has a very unique background. I mean, he came out of college. He's got two economic degrees, um, went to Ivy League, very smart guy, was working in Wall Street on the stock market for like a couple years. Wow. And then Interesting. basically decided to pursue his dream of working in football. And the San Francisco 49ers brought him in as they're one of the more inclusive organizations in all of football. And they took him in and let him kind of learn from, you know, people like, you know, Bill Walsh when he was still around and, you know, John Lynch and people like that. And he thanked a lot of people during the presser yesterday. I don't remember, but like his time in San Francisco really helped him learn the game and helped him learn kind of how a front office operates. And then, you know, Cleveland gives him a call with Andrew Barry for basically his second in command. And um, he kind of just came out of nowhere. And as a Browns fan, I knew why he was getting hired. He was being hired to one day be a head, uh, be a general manager. It was a really good play by the Browns, um, especially with the new rules in place, because um, the Browns are going to get two third-round picks out of this, one in the next two years, uh, in each of the next two years, top 100 pick for – developing a minority candidate for a general manager position, which I think is a cool initiative by the NFL. But, I mean, as for uh, Kowesi, you know, he said yesterday he doesn't think that there are many people that are more qualified than he is, Um, which, I mean, I'd argue is true. I mean, this dude has a background in everything. I mean, it is absurd how smart he is. Uh, and that's what NFL. Te- Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, that's what NFL teams want now. No, exactly. Well, after look at look at some of the young general managers right now who are having loads of success. Brandon Bean, who comes from you know the tree of analytics and mm-hmm. using that to use scout talent. You got Andrew Barry in Cleveland, who I, I may be a little biased, but I personally think he's the best young general manager in all of football. At 34 years old, you know, with the stuff he's been able to do in Cleveland. And he's doing it all with an analytical – it's basically, as he always said, and uh, Adolfo Mensa said this yesterday in his press conference, but Andrew Barry cross-trains all of the employees who work for the Browns. You're going to learn analytics and you're going to learn football. You're going to have training in both of these, and we're going to put all of this into our scouting, and we're going to find the best players that are right for the team. And so I, it's definitely – they're moving in that direction, and I think they're going to pair him with a young offensive coach, at least in Minnesota. That's what I feel like they're going to hey. do. I just saw something that they have a front runner, um, Patrick Graham, fellow Patrick Graham. fellow Ivy League guy, assistant coach. Um, I'm looking for he's the Giants' defensive coordinator. 
Yeah, and I mean, well, see, look, so that doesn't surprise me at all if that actually is the direction where I go. Like, look at the Browns. The Browns yes. and the Vikings are so like connected; it is not even funny. Like, they are like identical. Um, and it has to do with Kevin Stefanski and all that. But when Kevin Stefanski was hired, he went to Penn. He went to an Ivy League school. Then they hired Andrew Barry, who is a Harvard graduate. So like, it's all about getting all the smart people in the room. <laughs> and then they have like Paul D. Podesta, who's at the head of their um. At head of the Browns organization, who was the same guy as a part of Moneyball with Billy Bean. That's literally that guy. Um, so he went to Yale. So it's Yale, Harvard, and Penn all putting their heads together to build a team. And now Minnesota could be doing something very, very similar, hence what the Browns are going to do. Like I said, those two teams, it's hilarious how similar they are. It's, it's kind of different for the Bears' perspective. Ryan Poles was... He was Matt Ryan's roommate. Did you know that at Boston College? No, I didn't. And then cool. he got he was undrafted. He, he was an offensive lineman for the Bears. Didn't really didn't really make it in the NFL. And then he told himself, "All right, I'm going to get into I'm going to get in the in front office position. That, you know, I want to pursue my dream as you know a front office ex- executive." He goes to the Chiefs and works his way up. You know, blah blah blah, and then gets this job with the Bears. So it's you know going back to what I said, I think the Bears might have gotten this right if they let him. Like like I said, like I said last week, if they let him hire the right coach and they hire the hire his guy, and you know obviously Matt Eberflus is his guy. And going back to what Manit said about Eberflus, like my initial reaction was like, all right, I mean, come on, like I wanted an offensive guy, but I feel like this is going going back to like the Lovey Smith days, like hiring a guy that runs a four three, that kind of like the Tampa two offense, and all the Colts fans like, thank God Eberflus is gone. So I don't know. I mean. My initial reaction was a little was like a little sketchy, but we'll have to see. Um, I think it can work out. Yeah, I ha- I have a couple Colts fans friends that said they wanted a change. Yeah, I mean they, they don't like change. they don't like Ibrahimovic, and um, a lot of, a lot of them were saying because I have a Colts friend who's saying he he just plays very soft coverage, like he lets like you know the the not so great QBs in the league like like one like one time they'll just torch them and stuff. So you know we'll have to see. I, I mean, know. yeah, I, we we talked about this in our. Group chat a little bit. But yeah, we, we, we had a we yeah. an, we very animated it, discussion. Um, but I thought that he was a big driving force behind why Indy missed the playoffs in that last game. You know, they had time and time again to get off the field. They allowed long drives. And they... Okay, well, what about Carson Wentz? I can't... Look, obviously, look yeah, and yeah. Offense, I understand, I understand your point. Yeah. You're trying to argue like you can't do that in that situation of yeah. the season. And I get it. But like in the end, every team has had that moment, and they've all fallen apart at different times. Like I'm, again, like we've had team playoff teams this year. We're losing to the Jets, to the Texans, yeah. to the I mean, to the almost to the Lions. Yeah, but it sucks. Packers, that what, it doesn't count. It but. sucks that when it's it was when it mattered most. No, I understand, yeah. but I don't put like all that, of that, that on. That, I don't put all that, that, that has, on Eberflus. I get it. His defense was not great. Regular game. Carson Wentz couldn't move the ball 10 yards. Any t- I, the defense was constantly on the field. You can't expect a defense to get a stop when they're on the field for 50 out of 60 minutes of the game. They were like. on for 35. Yeah, but that's that's still a lot. Think about, though, but how quickly were they getting back on the field in those 35 minutes? That's the question. It's how the offense had so many drives to just at least generate some offense, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. So at the same time, Look, I'm it's, not saying that he's not to blame for it, but I'm saying you can't just look at that and I'm say, not. oh, that's it. Like, because the Browns, when they hired Kevin Stefanski, everyone remembers what Kevin Stefanski's last game with the Vikings was. They went into San Francisco when he was the offensive coordinator and he couldn't move the ball. The next day, the Browns hired Kevin Stefanski yeah, Matt, Matt and Patricia everyone's like, what are you doing? After his worst game ever. That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> everyone, everyone gets. Sean McDermott got hired in Buffalo after a horrible season in Carolina. Hey, Matt Nagy got Matt, Matt Nagy got hired by the Bears after he, they blew that game against the Titans. Remember that? Yep. He was the play yeah. caller in that game. I was like, yeah. okay, are we really hiring a guy like this who just blew, who didn't run the ball in the second half? Yeah. And but that's sure but right. that's like the point. You can't just dock all these hires. And yes, in, in terms of like Matt Nagy, it didn't work. But look at a lot of other places where it did. Kevin Stefanski, Sean McDermott. Uh, I mean, just a lot of these coaches who. We're not good in their last game, and they got laughed at for this being hired. True. Yeah, it's one so game. You I mean, really have to look past Eberflus. From what I've heard, is a very great leader of men, and that is the number one thing yeah, you need in a I locker have, room. I have no. He's going to be able no to be a great person to oversee the entirety of the team and also assist more on the defensive side. It's all about the offensive coordinator hire for the Bears. Everybody knows that, and if you Absolutely. have a good, if you have a good offensive coordinator, 
with a good defensive head coach, everything can work out. The only issue, though, is then you run the risk of the offensive coordinator getting hired for head coaching job somewhere else. So other than that, let's talk about the other guy. The Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett from the Packers. Uh, just some quick thoughts here. I think, um, I think, I mean, do, be, could you make it any more obvious? Aaron Rodgers to over Denver? Aaron Rodgers? Question mark. Aaron Rodgers to Denver? I well, mean, that's what John Elway does. And I know he's not the GM anymore, but he's like the president or whatever yeah. now. Like, he still has a say in this he matter. He stepped away as the GM because he couldn't find a quarterback. Exactly. But he still has a say in like <laughs> stuff he, like, like this. He failed like 12 times over, and the only reason well, he kept it thinking, worked was because he got paid. Here's the man. thing I'll also say yeah. about. Uh, but here's the problem that I'd have with John Elway. He always says he wants like the guys that like look like him, very big, strong arms. The dude passed on Josh Allen. That is very for true. For Bradley Chubb, who I, I like mean, Bradley who, Chubb. A pass rusher. Bradley Chubb is fantastic. But you say you want this in a quarterback, and then you passed on Josh Allen. So I, I'm just gonna say, it. but carry on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean Nathaniel Hackett. He, he, I mean, I think he did a pretty good job in Jacksonville. To be honest, I mean, if you if you have Blake Bortles throwing for over four thousand yards in that. That year they went to the he NFC. He made Blake Bortles look so good. Yeah, that I mean, the Jaguars like, paid him a hundred and whatever yeah, million. Yeah, I mean, he made the Jaguars. I mean, if Blake Bortles threw for over like I think he had forty two hundred yards that year. I mean, it was the best season of his career, and they went to the AFC Championship. It wasn't really because of him; it was because of the defense. But and he had a pretty solid season under Nathaniel Hackett. Um, as far in Green Bay, I can't really say that. You know, Matt. First of all, Matt Lafleur was calling those plays, and you have Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, I can't really. I don't really know what a lo- he did a, a lot for that team. So, I mean, what about you, Manit? What do you think? I, I like the hire. I mean, I just think it was painfully obvious last offseason that they wanted Rodgers, and yeah. they're making it more painfully obvious now. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not they can actually trade for him and whether or not, Well, know, here's the thing. What they, can't, what they end up trading. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, we'll talk a little bit more about him later, but when it comes to him, and especially with Denver, with the – concessions that the Packers gave Aaron Rodgers this offseason, he is basically going to be able to tell the Packers that I want to go here yeah. and you're going to give me a trade to this place no matter what. Pretty and much. I mean, so, it's not like he's no, but what I'm saying, it's not like he's not deciding where so, he's going. I know, but if he wanted to say, I want to go to Denver, Green Bay, so you're going to trade me to Denver, Green Bay has to honor that. That's what they gave Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Yeah, but they and also are so, holding the leverage of, oh, Aaron Rodgers wants to go here and we can literally take whatever we want. No, but it also goes the other way. Yeah, the Broncos it's, can it's know that and say, you sure. know what, we're not going to give you anything higher than a second-round pick. And fine, then nobody gets Aaron, but we're not going to overpay for Aaron Rodgers. Because then we he know retires that... and becomes a Jeopardy host. Yeah, exactly. Go to go to Jeopardy. That's Get fine, out the but NFC then nobody gets The Broncos would sit <laughs> okay. back. They're not going to overpay for him. I, I've... But So, yeah, you're right. I think the Hackett hires kind of like that, though. And to it's me, just the thing obvious. with Poles and Eberflus, though, too, I had like kind of a combination. I thought about this. They hired Eberflus very coincidentally quick after they hired Ryan Poles, which almost makes me believe that they hired Ryan Poles because they wanted Eberflus as the head coach. It, I don't think that's the case. I don't there's know. reports it saying just felt very coincidental th- to they me let, how quick it was. It was just, Poles had other connections within head coaches that he yeah. could have gone with. And Everyone I thought think, that put, put Biennemi back in the race. Biennemi hasn't been talked about for any job. I think, I think he has one interview, I and it's this, in Miami. I had one. a conversation with someone the other day, and I think – there's like a mutual understanding almost between him and Reed that he's when taking Reed over. Retires, yeah. He's just well, going to be there. It's the same with and Josh McDaniels unless, and Bill unless, Belichick. And unless he has that yesterday. perfect job come up yeah. where he wants to leave mm-hmm. and him and Reed agree upon that, he's not. I mean, no, I agree with that. I mean, McDaniels kind of had the same deal with Bill Belichick. And now he's but now but the problem is for the Raiders. I'm starting to see that McDaniel's might be basically saying, you know what, Bill? Like you're not retiring, buddy. So I'm gonna go seek the better job for me. And the Raiders would be a good spot. I don't think McDaniel's would take over from Bill. They said that's been the thing for years. I think Gerard Mayo might be the guy that they want to take over for Belichick. But that makes more. We'll get into coaching predictions here right now. We'll do this very quick because we're gonna have to get a move on here. Talk about some games. But uh, really quick with all the rest of the openings, I just want to thank who are. Our predictions for who lands the jobs. We'll start with the uh, New York Giants. I think Brian Dable is going to be the next coach of the Giants. I agree. I said it earlier. I mean, it's the connection with... It uh, just makes every kind of sense in the world. And if you really want to fix Daniel Jones, this is the best way to do it. This gives you an opportunity to truly evaluate him. So Unproven. Always unproven. Yeah. That's the thing with, like, every non-head coaching hire. Yeah, I know. It'll be his first time as a head coach. Yeah. I get it, but he's still a bright offensive oh, no, mind no, who's been working with Josh Allen the last few years and transformed Josh Allen. Yes. Um, so, 
if you want to evaluate Daniel Jones in the final year, really, that you can't evaluate him and give him one last chance, at least give him a good shot to succeed with Brian Dable calling the plays. I agree with that. I think he's going to be the guy there. How about Miami? Miami. Who did Ooh, I say? I Miami. said... I really like Mike McDaniel. From San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, the offensive I, coordinator. One of my favorite coordinators in the NFL. Um, Their finalists right now are Kellen Moore, McDaniel, and Brian Dable. Kellen Moore, yeah. I, I mean, if we're taking Dable win. off the board. I mean, if, yeah. If Which Dable's, I think we are. I think Dable's off the board of the Giants, so it's between Moore and McDaniel. Yeah. I like McDaniel more. I think he'll. I do. He'll I do, do, I do like McDaniel as well. I like McDaniel there too, but I've heard a lot of things that they really like Kellen Moore, and they like him a lot. Um, yeah, they they do like him. A so lot. what I will say is like <laughs> this I think is very that, true. I'm gonna say I think it's gonna be Kellen Moore. I think McDan- I think McDaniel's a fit, but I, I think, think McDaniel's a fit. I think Moore's gonna be the one hired. Um, also, I mean, really to me, like Mike McDaniel, really good candidate. Um, Kevin O'Connell in the yeah. in LA, another great that. one. He's getting a lot of interviews in a lot of different places. He didn't make the final list of Miami. I know they interviewed him though. Uh, very similar to Mike McDaniel, young, bright. Works under a Shanahan McVay type, like they'll be fine. Both of them are going to land on their feet here in the he next was couple a years. Finalist in Denver and has yeah. completed an interview with Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Who I think that that could fit. That would be in fun. Minnesota. I think him in Minnesota is after the Odolfo Mensa hire. I really think that is where they're going to go. But um, let's go right to the Vikings. How about it? Uh, where do we think they're going to go? That was the one team I didn't pick, huh? That was the one I forgot about. Yeah, they're kind of like just out there. I kind of yeah. forget that the Vikings have a job open because they're a 500 team. Yeah, they're one of those they, teams. They could like, come yeah. in with a good head coach and make the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, they're like the Browns a few years ago. It's like you need, if you just hire a grown up. I mean, I'm not saying Mike Zimmer isn't a grown up. I'm doing that in the case of the Browns. It's like uh, I don't know about that. Mike Zimmer acted very childish his final, final few weeks. Well, some some of those press conferences fired. were pretty pretty bad yeah I, if did, I knew i was getting saved his job if i knew i was getting fired too i would no he could have saved zimmer his job. was never saving not yacht when you lose to the detroit lions okay uh who do we think gets the vikings job oh boy uh i mean you gotta go first I'm, i mean i know jay I'm probably stumbled. hopes they really screw this oh, up. oh yeah definitely. yeah but, i mean <laughs> I and think, probably you too as a lions fan you really hope they butcher this but i don't really care i think the worst hire they could make is hiring jonathan gannon um, I think he's a good coach. I just think he needs a couple more years yeah. with that Philly defense to build them up. And along yeah, yeah, with yeah. Syriana in that offense, um, he's not ready for a head coaching job yet. Uh, well, we Patrick Graham about, had his interview today or yesterday. We said the same thing about Brandon Staley, though. That almost worked out. Staley was... Same guy, though. He had one year as a defensive coordinator and then got hired as a head coach. So, yeah, same same difference. Same same situation. It's just he's he's a very I, progressive, forward thinking guy. I actually really like D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's yeah. from Minnesota. No, dude, makes a I, lot of I sense think for me, I I actually was gonna say that as well. Oh I, wow! I, think, I was looking at the list. Even though like, I do yes. think Minnesota's gonna go offense, um, I just I think it's the way their organization it is makes moving. Sense. They need um, that and I think that's what they're gonna do. Um, their strength is in their defense, but their offense. They, it just needs work. And you just had a defensive guy, so now the tendency would be to go back to offense. So that's what I think they'll do. But I do like D'Amico Ryans as the head coaching candidate. I think I think him in Houston could be really cool, too. Um, doesn't sound like they're very interested in him. Because uh, we'll, we'll talk about Houston next. Houston's got a weird interview list. Yeah, but they I do. think they know who they want. Um, and so, I'll yeah, I like D'Amico Ryans there, too. Kevin O'Connell, I think, would be a really good hire for Minnesota as well. Um, just again, one of those really smart young guys, get him in the building, let him work with Kirk Cousins, whether or not you have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback next year. Um, Kellen Mond. I do think, I do think Mike Zimmer did not like Kellen Mond. I think Patrick Graham, that's my prediction. I think Patrick Graham gets that job. I think they can stick with defense, but yeah, I mean, offense wouldn't, wouldn't be anything surprising either. Yeah, they just need a new voice. I mean, Mike Zimmer was just getting a bit stale. Uh, and then finally, oh no, we got two more, right? Uh, yeah, we have two more. Uh, two more, and we'll go to the uh, Vegas. Oh, we got three more. Vegas, Jacksonville, Vegas. Houston. Oh no, and Saints. And New we have Orleans, four more. Four. There's nine openings. We'll do oh, this really man. quick. Vegas. Who you guys thought? Vegas. <sighs> Either I'm torn between Gerard Mayo and Josh McDaniels. Well, I, I think I think it's gonna be McDaniels. 100%. I think, yeah, I think McDaniels. Apparently they apparently they've been talking the last few weeks and there's been expressed interest. They just brought him in for an interview yesterday. They they've been, that's who they want. They, I know it. So I've read more about it after um I texted that in the chat and 
Um, they interviewed before they even talked to him. They interviewed like half of the EVPs in that mm-hmm. front office, and like any member they could get a hold of and asked about him mm-hmm. before they talked to him. So yeah. I think they did their background on him. They want really want. To not mess this up. Oh no, I think they're going with McDaniel's. I yeah. agree. I think that's the way they're going. It sounds like they've had interest for a long, long time. It's crazy because Rich Basaccia, who is going to get the special teams coordinator position on the Bears, by the way. Most yeah, he's which I up, love. He's lined up for it if I'm, he doesn't get the head coach. I can't job. believe it. I mean, which what he what he did with bad. the Raiders. I mean, coming in from John Gruden and taking them to the playoffs to now being a special teams coordinator, which I love that hire by the. By Matt Eberflusen and those guys, yeah. I, I think that's a really. It's good. kind of when the Browns got Bill Callahan the yeah. year after he was the interim for Washington, and then they hired him to be their offensive line coach, and then they have the best offensive line in the league. Yeah, um, I mean, I yeah, special teams special matters. Team obviously, the mm-hmm. uh, for Packers fans out there, you might want to f- go find one. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, quickly, let's go to Jacksonville. Byron Byron Leftwich. If (laughs) it's Byron Leftwich, that's a train wreck down there because apparently Trent Balky, apparently Byron Leftwich wants Trent Balky out, and Shot Khan is torn. Like Trent, how is Trent Balky still a GM in this league? I don't know what he did in San Francisco. To (laughs) I mean, that was a train wreck when he when he left. I mean, the 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 Niners were a joke for like a few years, and then he goes to Jacksonville, and there's obviously they're a joke still. So yeah, I think Byron Leftwich, if Shot Khan doesn't screw it up. I Byron think. left, which it just screamed. He played for Jacksonville. Obviously, yeah. he was pretty good in Jacksonville. Uh, he just screams the Jaguars. He just he seems like a good fit. Get a good offensive mind who's been working with Tom Brady over the last two seasons. Ooh, get him in there with Trevor Lawrence. I really like the fit. So I, yeah, I agree. Byron Brian left. Did you see? Uh, sorry to inter- sorry to keep this going, but did you see who? If they don't hire Byron left, it's going to be might be Vic, Vic Fangio. Fangio. Who has a connection to Trent Baalke. Oh That's who Baalke wants. That's just, oh my so, God. So, uh, the disconnect, I also read about Jacksonville. The disconnect between Leftwich and Shad Khan is that Leftwich wants Baalke out. Leftwich wants personnel decisions. He wants to bring yep. in his own GM. He wants Baalke out. And Khan doesn't know what he, Khan wants ideally Leftwich and Baalke. But it's, it's either just... going to be Leftwich and. The AGM from Arizona. Yeah, I can't Vince remember. I can't Wilson. think of his name. No idea. Adrian Wilson. Adrian Wilson. Oh yeah, the, it's the a tra- former player. Yeah. Adrian Wilson. It's a yes, train wreck. Former player. Um, he wants Wilson with him, and <laughs> Balky wants Fangio. So yeah. it's two it's, sides. If you're shot con, you need to listen to Leftwich here. Vision for the Jaguars, uh, but and it's not going to end well. I hope they get Leftwich for Trevor Leftwich. Lawrence's sake. Yeah. If they get Fangio, that dude should. Like realistically, demand a trade. Yeah, yeah. I saw I get saw a tweet out. saying get, get out, like out. Please. please. And so let's go to Houston. I think this one's fairly easy too. I think they're gonna go with Brian Flores. Um, Brian Flores. I yeah, think they're I mean, gonna hire Brian Flores. Also, as also, I think they're gonna do it as a last ditch effort to maybe convince Deshaun Watson to hang around because they know he really likes Brian Flores. So they basically say, well, you know what? We're not gonna send you to Brian Flores. We're gonna bring Brian Flores to you. And I think it's not gonna work. <laughs> But yeah. I think I think you could at least get him to think about it. Like, all right, Deshaun, like you've had some time to think about it. You have a lot of things ahead of you right now legally. But like in terms of on the football field, we got your coach here for you. Um, I think he's a good fit in Houston. He's going to be able to help that young team grow. It's the same thing he did in Miami. And I think Houston's actually going to give him a chance to see it through. I think um... – Actually, I just saw a tweet that the Saints are planning on interviewing Flores. I saw that too. So from Shefty, so I don't think the Saints go with Flores. I think, I think if the they, Saints if go they with get Dennis Flores, Allen. It'd be interesting. I don't think he's going to take that. Honestly, I'd rather have the Houston job. Really? Really? Houston, you have assets. Absolutely not. You have no money. No way. The Saints are bare. They don't have cap space. Yeah, but you Houston can't has build the, the worst. Players. You, okay, Deshaun Watson. But you can build the team in Houston. New Orleans, you're stuck with the same team. So you want, for the next so you year. want the Houston job with ownership, ownership with, and a GM. You don't. You you might not have any faith you, in yeah, the GM's yeah, fine. That, that roster is a train. That roster is a train wreck. The GM's fine. Deshaun Watson, their owner. Their owner the, no, I understand. I know what you're talking about. Cal but McNair. Guys, it's issues. the same thing as what the Dolphins were when he took over the Dolphins job. Like it's the same situation. The Saints are in cap hell. They are like seventy yeah, it's, over. It's they they can't get out of it, and they're gonna be in it for the next. They two did years. it last year. 
He also have a much better. They also have a much better GM. They're less money mo- over. Mickey Loomis is much well, more proven than uh, Brian Flores. Name? Isn't just going to be able to magically get a quarterback. It's the Saints can't. They don't have the money to go out and get uh, just a guy. But Deshaun Watson still he still wants out, by the way, and he still's got this legal trouble going on. So I mean, look, if you're both- Houston though, you have assets. You know, I think it's it's the same situation as he would be taking in Miami. I don't know if he wants to do that again, which is fair, but I think Houston would at least give him a chance to see it out rather than what Miami did. Miami was building something, and then they got rid of him. I think if you put him in Houston, he can build Houston to that kind of Miami-level status alongside Nick Casario, who I like, and, you know, put things together. I think he, is, yeah. Houston's not a bad job. It really isn't. He's a finalist for a lot of jobs. Um, so he's gonna, he should be. He's gonna get. <laughs> he's a finalist yeah. for the Giants job, too. He's Giants. He's going to be a finalist for the Saints, I'd assume. He's going to be he's And then, be a yeah, I, finally, let's just talk about the Saints overall. Um it, I mean, they're all defensive guys right now. They've interviewed um, Brian Flores. They've put in one for Aaron Glenn of the Lions. And they've obviously, they're going to interview Dennis Allen, who's been their interim coach the last years. Who Honestly, that's who I think they go with. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think they're going to go with Dennis Allen for at least a year. I yeah. think I think they're going to see it out. He proved that he, he's already been a head coach before. They've interviewed Leftwich, too. Yeah, they did that, too. But uh, I think they're going to go with Dennis Allen. I think that's their guy. Just keep him in-house and just at least for a year ride with it. He's at least I think he's deserved that opportunity. So I agree. I, I think Dennis him. Allen's their guy. I think Dennis Allen. So. Yeah, yep. I think either Allen, um, I, I don't know. It's like a weird job for sure. It's another one of those like Vikings-ish jobs or it's in limbo. But, I mean, you know what you're attaching yourself to. It's a good team. It's a good front office. It's a good ownership staff. All right. I mean, there's nothing else. Yeah. Well, now that we've spent over a half an hour yeah. on coaches and GMs, which too, we said we were not going to do, quick, quick thoughts. Um, <laughs> we got to get into some football from last week because we got to still get to some games for this week. Uh, let's start out in Tennessee, the first game of the weekend where the Bengals beat the Titans nineteen to sixteen. Well, I said last week that Ryan Tannehill was my main concern, and I still picked the Titans for some reason <laughs> because Joe Burrow is better than Ryan Tannehill, and I said that last week. I said Ryan Tannehill was my like well, I said, was was a big concern of mine, and he gave the game away basically. So, I mean, the play calling was not great by Tennessee whatsoever. But Ryan Tannehill throwing those those three bad interceptions. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the Titans should have won that game, especially second row nine times. I mean, come on, that's I mean that was crazy. So, yeah. yeah, I thought it was another it was a missed opportunity from Tennessee. I thought um it was a good game. Burrow did what he had to do to get it done when it mattered, and that's. All that really matters. You put your team in a position to win when it counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't matter the sacks. It's painfully obvious they need to, to fix it in the draft. But they'll do that. The draft is O-line heavy. That'll come. I just don't know if they'll actually do it. I really don't they know. Should. I really no. There's no they also have a ton of cast based in free agency. Teron Armstead's a free agent. No, uh, I, the stud I, left tackle for the Saints, who's thirty, know. who's like thirty two years and old. And that's what I think they'd rather do. The Bengals. I'm telling you this right now. They are not going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round this year. I'd be shocked if they did. They don't do I mean, it. They have to. Like, They're going to go what with else what they, they believe beside, Like They don't need anything else on the offensive side of the ball obviously, besides the line. And then the defensive side, I mean, I guess they can go linebacker or maybe a corner. because they, they never have too many pass rushers. Von Bell either. and Jesse Bates are, are studs. Um, I, mean, I don't know. They need corner help. Um, that's it. Like I, they gotta I, go I, offensive like, line. Eli Apple had a great year. I don't think he's consistent enough. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Eli Apple. Um, <laughs> who made the clown. play of the game, by the way. Um, but also, uh, yeah, you can never have too many pass rushers, and they're gonna need to shore up D tackle too alongside DJ Reader. Um, so yeah, I think they have a lot of places to go. But I mean, as for the game, um, yeah, I mean Burrow sacked nine times and still found a way to win is just incredible. I mean, Justin Fields got sacked nine times earlier this season and the Bears the Bears never had a chance um it's just one of those things that and it was different scenarios because in that game it was like that was nine sacks that felt like 20 um Uh and also because he was scrambling and technically he didn't count as a sack and he was still taking like that was more like 15 sacks um that was absurd but I mean as for just the Bengals and just kind of everything going on it just they're special it's it's kind of a weird team and they're they're fun to watch and they're young and everyone loves them, and I don't I don't like the Bengals. I'll say it again. I don't I'm a Browns <laughs> fan. I don't like the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm happy for Joe Burrow. I'm happy for the players on that team. I'm not happy for the team. Um, and as for Tennessee, I just think 
Derrick Henry coming back, I just think, kind of ruined everything, which is hard to believe. Um, I think he ruined the I entire. At it. I think he really? ruined. I think he ruined the entire rhythm of their offense. I think he did. I think he put them way out of whack. Um, really, they never looked comfortable with him out there. Not once. They I think just Ryan looked... Tannehill ruined them. No, I mean... I, well, no, I'm not saying he did it, but I'm saying yeah. I think Ryan Tannehill played as bad as he did because Derrick Henry was back. I do. And it looked like he just never was comfortable back there. They never had a rhythm. They kept saying, oh, you know, we need to give the ball to Henry here. It's like, no, you don't. You don't need to just give the ball they to Derrick Henry. They were forcing the issue when it was unnecessary. Exactly. And it, yeah. it, I think okay. it just they never had a rhythm. And I think that had to do with Derrick Henry being back. That is just my observation. And it's unfortunate for Tennessee. I really like them. Um, Very good opportunity. I thought if they would have won this week, I think they easily could have won this week. Or last week, they could have won this week at home. Yeah. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be, and you know, good for the Bengals. Yeah, I agree. So, so let's yeah. go to the night game on Saturday. Possibly, well, that was fun. Yeah, which we thought was going to be like the game of the week, and then Sunday happened. Um, but the 49ers stunned the Packers in Lambeau, thirteen to ten. Um, I'm going to my Bears over, bias again, but Robbie Gold sending the Packers Robbie out of the playoffs Gold, was yeah. just amazing. I mean, Robbie Gold's a Bears legend; he'll always be a Bear. But that was that was just awesome. I mean. So it looks like Aaron's gone. I mean, this that was their only chance. I mean, like if they get somehow, if Aaron somehow comes back next year and they get the number one seed again, that'd be crazy. But yeah, I mean that was their only really chance of getting another Super Bowl out of this. So yeah, I think it should be illegal for Trent Williams to go in motion. That's my only comment. That was hilarious. That no, was like, so that funny. should be like that shouldn't be allowed. He blew an all pro linebacker cl- back like five yards. I'd kind also of... claim that Debo Samuel shouldn't be allowed to be a running back. So you know, it's... I mean, just, yeah, but like in motion, that dude is just a freaking. Hey, animal. he is a eligible receiver. He's allowed to do whatever the heck he yeah. wants. That was awesome though. Um, shout out to Anger Runs on NFL Network too because he won it for that. By the way, pretty sick. Oh. Shout out Trent Williams. I mean, what the Niners do, they, they just their game planning is just so simple. Just run the ball and don't have Jimmy G turn it over. And Jimmy G didn't play the best, obviously didn't play the best game. But I mean, down the down that stretch, he made there, some massive throws. That is true. In the in yeah. the in the last drive, he made some like that throw to George Kittle. I mean, he threw it right on the money. I mean, that was that was a tough that was a tough throw for him to make. It was a contested throw. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, what Jimmy G did on that last drive was impressive, but. And credit to, credit to that, credit to Kyle Shanahan and that running game and that offensive line. I mean, they're just, there's something else, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it was kind Kyle of incredible Shanahan to watch. Shanahan masterclass. Because, you know, for me, this is something I've been saying for, or I, actually, I can't really say that I've been saying it, but I've been hearing it, and I've taken on that point of view for a long time, but special teams matters. And if you don't have good special teams, you are not a good football team. The Packers lost this game because of special teams. It's plain and simple. The 49ers never got in the end zone besides a block punt. Yeah, Their offense was anemic. They couldn't move the ball. Now, I mean, the Packers was too. Um, and you look at just the 49ers' resiliency to get that block punt blocked. The field goal before the half was huge. Just everything set up. I mean, special teams matters. It's time to stop saying that it doesn't. Kickers matter. Punters matter. You know, return guys matter. Everything matters. Your special teams guy matters. That's why it's so important to have really great backups and have depth because those guys are playing on special teams for you. And I've been saying this. All, sorry to cut you off, but I've no, been saying good. I've been saying this all season. Like I remember watching that Bears game where the, where the Bears lost to the Packers on the Saturday night game, where Jakeem Grant had a punt return, uh-huh. and the Packers special teams just looked lousy. I mean, it's been happening all season with them, and it came back to bite them at the worst time. Um, That's and, why Ben job. And, I mean, and they still had, a, and they had a bad special teams in 2010, and they won the Super Bowl a year. But that is historic. And you know, when they had 10 men on the field um, for the last play on that. La- on the they didn't. Need, they had Robbie 10 Gold men on the last field goal. I mean, how how, do you how do that? bad can yeah. your special teams be for that to happen? Well, the Browns. I will say this: that sounds bad, but on that Sunday night game in Baltimore for the Browns, the Browns had 12 men on the field on three consecutive plays, and one of them was coming out of a timeout. Um, wow. They called a timeout because they had 12 men on the field, and then when they resumed play, the Browns had 12 men on the field. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So I mean, can't say it's never happened before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's that was just a stunner. I can't even um, put it into words. It was just kind of one of those games. Yeah, It just wasn't their day. And yep. for Aaron Rodgers, that last drive, his last throw, and I'm sure it probably eats at him. Um 
he forces it to Devontae Adams on a yeah, deep Yeah, Al Nazard open, and, and then I think another receiver Al open. Al Nazard was wide open on a crosser, and he probably scores. He locked, I mean, if he catches that, he probably scores. Who would have thought Aaron Rodgers would locked in, lock in on his only receiver? I mean, that that's like college-level college, college level quarterback well, it, stuff. It, that's to me, it's it. just that's petty. a rookie quarterback. He was like, I don't trust anyone but Devontae Adams. But it's like, guys, if you like, I mean, Alan Lazard was wide open because they had to put three guys on Devontae Adams. And I just, it's like Aaron, like, and that's the thing I laughed about. Cause I'm like, guys, Baker Mayfield did that in, um, in LA. And you guys were just pounding Baker Mayfield for, Oh, how could he do that? He's such a bad quarterback. Aaron Rodgers just did the same thing. Y'all he just did the same thing in the biggest stage in the biggest moment. He just, he just made the same read because he didn't look off his first read. And it's like, stop criticizing average quarterbacks are doing the same thing the greats are doing. Patrick Mahomes was doing the same thing earlier in the season. It's like, I'm so sick of it. And it's time to like, yeah, Aaron, you, you didn't get off your first read. And yet Alan Lazard That's wide open. That's stunning for him to, to and guess do what? that. Preset before the, he snapped the ball. Alan, it was pretty I know, but Alan Lazard play. probably scores looked, on that play. He probably scores. I mean, hypotheticals aside, he gets the first down, which is what they needed in the instance. They, he, that throw would have gotten them into matters. field goal range, at least. And they could have ran at least a ton of clock, and the 49ers would not have had enough time to go down the field in that weather. Uh, but as for that, we'll move on to Sunday. Um, the Rams. Manit's Rams. Matthew Stafford just simply was left too much time. Yeah. What was I mean, it, like 40 seconds? Too much time. Uh, who would have thought with Tom Brady in the before. same game, Matthew Stafford was the one too much time after Matthew Stafford and crew tried to give the game away. That was a heck oh of a God. comeback effort by the Buccaneers down 27 to 3. See, here's the thing. When they went down 27 to 3, I knew they were going to get back into it. I knew it. Somehow, I didn't think they would actually get all the way back to 27-27. I knew they would get it within a touchdown. I knew they would. It's what they do. And, you know, Cam Akers can't hold on to the football. Twice. Um, and then Cooper Cup. It's funny. I don't know Stafford why Sony Michelle do anything to sell the game. And I don't know why Sony Michelle came back. I don't know why Sony Michelle wasn't in the game on that final drive for the Rams. Or that second to final drive. Like, you got to go with the guy that you trust in the situation. It has to be Sony Michelle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the throw to Cooper Cup was... Arguably Perfect. the best. I think it was the second best throw of the weekend. Um, what was the first throw? I mean, it was in the other game that yeah. we haven't talked about yet. Um, but the second best throw of the weekend belonged to Matt Stafford, and I give him credit. He showed up on that final drive and was able to hold off Mr. Tom. So, Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, what, what Stafford did on that last drive was awesome. And then, I mean, the Rams just did everything they could to give that game away. Oh my but, gosh, that was horrible. Oh, that was that was awful. That was awful. But I'm glad they pulled through because I wanted the Rams in that spot. I'm just I'm done with Tom Brady to be honest. Like I, I think he's he, the goat. I think he's done too. No, I think he comes I, back here, next year. I, I'm hearing the way he's talking, y'all. I no, he's coming back next year. I don't know. He sounds like a dude who is starting to realize that. I think he's starting to realize that he's like. 44 years old, and he's like, you know, I can't just keep doing this. I think next year is his last year. Yeah. I think, I think it's one more. I, I think, think he's going to honor. Brady goes out without a retirement I tour. think, no, here's the thing. I don't think Brady wants that at all. I don't think he does. I, I don't think Brady wants one of those last dance type things that Aaron Rodgers wants. That's fair. Want. He doesn't I don't think he wants that, that at all. Because he wants the ring, and I understand that, like, he fell short, and I, I think he... The only reason I think it was his best chance. They won't be able to do it again next the year. Only, they can bring that team back. The only reason that I think that they he'll come back is because he does have one year left on his contract, and yeah. I do believe he is the kind of guy that will honor that. And he's going to basically tell Tampa Bay, "This is the last year of my deal. This is it, though. Like I'm going out, but I don't want to make a big deal out of it. You know, if, and it's my last season, um, and we're gonna make we're gonna run this back one more time. Um, or yeah. I think he retires right now, just with the way he's talking and. Um, how it really seems like he really wants to spend more time with his family. I, I really think it's in the cards that he could retire here in the next few weeks. We'll have to see. Yeah, of course. And then finally, the game of the week, the game of the year, the game of the decade, the game of all time, the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, unbelievable. Um, who would have thought that when 13 seconds on the clock, the Bills left Patrick Mahomes too much time? I think I said this to my... Three timeouts, though, I will add. I, think I, I said it to my roommate. <laughs> No, I said this to my friend. We were watching the game, and I'm like, Mahomes has too much time, 13 seconds. Um, Three timeouts. I said it to Greg. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Greg, Greg was there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe 
the first of all, Leslie Frazier in that Bills defense. How how do you allow Travis Kelsey to get wide, wide open? Well, you find out why when you listen back to the video where Kelsey basically tells Mahomes, I'm going to improvise. I'm going to run a route into space. And Mahomes said, okay, if it's there, do it. Do it. And then he goes up to the line. They see the space because it was a one-high safety. And he says, do it, Kels, do it, do it. Kelsey knows it. He runs the little... Uh, it's almost like a it's almost like a stick nod type thing. It, I, he was improvising on the route. He sold the corner route and then dipped back inside to run the post. Absolutely brilliantly done. I mean, you got to give them credit for that. I mean, only, I, I only, love Cooper Cup and Travis Kelsey just dropping little reminders of how truly smart NFL players yeah. are. Like it was ridiculous. And I mean, it's not just just like people try and compare. Like even us sitting in this chair, we try and com- like analyze what they do, and they just see the game and like. A ridiculously more advanced light than we do mm-hmm. sitting yeah. here. And it's insane when you hear them talk about it. And that was just another instance of it. Um, I did get to talk about the Rams game. I Oh, yeah, that we did skip over. You can go back. To yeah, I thought that, you know, Stafford played good to come out the gate, got complacent in mid-game, let the offense get complacent in turn, and it let it slip. Um Good to come back. Good to turn it around. But they can't let the 49ers get momentum. Mm-hmm. You're, it's a half home game. They're both at home, basically. So, um, yeah. That know, I mean, you I, let, I, you I led, whoever gets the momentum out the gate is going to get the crap yeah. behind them. And, and that's I saw. What really matters. Yeah, I saw the 49ers fans. They've sold 43 percent of the tickets to 49ers fans. I mean, that's going to be. I mean, a home game for the 49ers, basically. I mean. That's crazy. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. No, I mean, it's back to the, I mean, yeah, it is crazy to see. I mean, who would have thought that those two teams would end up in that spot after that week 18 game between them, that we're going to see them one more time. Um, but back to the other game. Um, I mean, that was the best game I've ever seen just in terms of quarterback play. I mean, just the way that they went back and forth, dueling with each other. Um, anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. Um, and then we were talking about the play with Mahomes and Kelsey down the game. I mean, it, it's very similar to when basically Mahomes walked up to the line of scrimmage, looked at Tyreek Hill, and said, "Run Wasp." I mean, and they did it, and the defense knew they were running it, and they couldn't stop it. I mean, it's you can't keep this offense in check. You just can't. Not with Mahomes now accepting the checkdowns, um, which is what won them the game in overtime. Was him taking his checkdowns? It's just man, you know. And that's the thing I also mentioned after when I was watching the game. And you see, like, Mikkel Hardman and Bry- uh, Byron Pringle and all these other players. They have uh, Robinson. And it's a thing that a lot of – I've seen a lot of NFL teams kind of go against of you have this really fast receiver who isn't a very good mm-hmm. – who isn't exactly a great football receiver yet. And um, for the I know this clearly because of the Browns because they have Anthony Schwartz who's kind of in that deal right now. If he's really fast but he's not quite developed. You can always coach football into a very fast player. You cannot coach speed into a football player. You can't coach speed. And if you have a fast player, you can coach football into them. And you're seeing it with Michael Hardman and Byron Pringle and all this. The Chiefs, look, they're not going to be the you know these fantastic wide receivers. Up in the line. They are fast, though. And you need to find ways. To, they, Byron Pringle, a few years ago, was barely on special teams. He was maybe getting a couple returns a game. Now he's their third wide receiver, and he's really good at it. You can coach football into these guys, but you have to trust speed. And that's what a lot of teams lack, and that's why the Chiefs are so dominant. It's about speed. Yep. Get speed on your team however you can and coach the football into them. You saw that with that Tyreek Hill touchdown to throw off the peace sign when... when peace the... sign when he was behind the it guy. Was so funny. It was so Dude, disrespectful was so and awesome. He he was five he, yards behind Matt Milano and throws up the peace sign because I know I'm faster than you and that was just that's so why his Twitter awesome. handle is I am faster than ya. That, that's that's his Twitter yeah handle. and his name is Cheetah. It's or you know his Twitter handle is Cheetah. Or yeah, it's, it's Cheetah. Yeah, yeah, his Instagram his bio, handle might be that. Or, or his yeah, bio or whatever. whatever. But, but I mean, it's yeah. one of his one of his social medias. I mean, but guys, his Twitter handle is Cheetah and he legit is a Cheetah. Um, he has did he actually race the Cheetah? I don't know if he did. Oh, that'd be funny. I know he, he would have gotten to. smoked. Uh, no, he knows, but he wants to do it. Um, I like them seeing race. You seem you saying bold though. That would be insane. He's retired. Yeah, I don't know if he still does any <laughs> stuff like that. But I mean, yeah. As funny. for it, 
let's uh, and then obviously the Chiefs win that game in overtime. Um, just, I mean, forty-two to what was forty-two thirty-six. Um, thirty-eight, yeah, I think thirty-six. Oh yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. but now that kind of leads me to the discussion about overtime rules because, um, I see a lot of people out there that complain about it, but they don't really have any real solutions. They just want it to change. And if you say college overtime, I'm gonna come up and I'm gonna slap you. Um, college overtime is not good. Um, you know, like I kind of like college overtime. I hate yeah. one. It's pretty, well, yeah, well, the, the, the Illinois, the Illinois Penn like State it. game. I don't was like not... it. I don't like it regardless because I don't like the idea of just giving someone a football on the twenty-five yard line and saying go score. To me, that's not football. They need field position. Field position is such a crucial part of the game. I think you need to involve it in overtime. Uh So here's my solution to this, Um, and it's very very simple. You play in this is playoffs only. By the way, regular season the rules are fine. Do not change the regular season. I actually don't like the regular. I don't like it. Why is it 10 minutes? Why is it? Why can't it be Because the players 15? want that because they don't want to be on the field that long. But like the ties. I don't like. No, no one but see, ties. here's the problem. If you get both teams the ball in the regular season, you're going to have a tie every week. In the playoffs, playoffs only, you play 10 minute. You play one 10 minute period, but you play it out. You just play it out. You play. So, doing, so it's like soccer with extra time? Yes. But then after the first se- yeah. after the first period, if you are still tied, it's sudden death in the second one. Pure sudden death. Field goal, touchdown, whatever. It does not matter. You've played an entire period. It's time to get off the field. Um, I think that's how you have to do this. I think it can be 15 minutes if you want it to be 15 minutes. I think that's a bit too long. You can't ask these guys to play five quarters because there is a game this week. Like the Chiefs have to play a game the next week. You can't it's a just- lot of football. Exactly. So you can't do that. I think you play one 10-minute period. And you just play it out. So both teams, and here's the thing for everyone that would argue, well, yeah, but teams have mastered like eight minute drives and then basically leaving the other team with no time left. Well, okay, but then at that point, that's on you, defense. You cannot let a team hold on to the ball for eight minutes. You can't do that. You got to get them off the field at some point. Or just let them score. Or let them score and take the ball for yourself. But you're going to play the entire quarter, the period out, 10 minutes. If you're still tied after that 10 minutes, you put 10 more minutes back on the clock, but it's purely sudden death. Because, mm-hmm. And I know people wouldn't like that because, well, then every they, they want to play it like it's like college rules and like, you know, pong rules of you always get a shot for a rebuttal. Life's not fair, guys. And honestly, I would say even in, like you don't always get it, it. You don't always get a chance for a rebuttal. And so in that second period, if you're still tied, whoever gets the ball first, if they go down and they kick a field goal, the game is over. You've now played 70, say 75 minutes of football. It's time to leave. They kicked the field goal. They were better than you on this day. Move on. I yeah, think that's I mean, it. I can't, I can't disagree. I just think if you're the defense, like, it's like if we're going to go, like, let the other, the, uh, like, for example, if, like, if when, when the Chiefs scored and let the Bills get another chance, it's just going to go on forever. It's like, I saw, I saw. But that's be- like the thing. Yeah. If you let the Bills touch it with Josh Allen. You're going to say, well, he's probably going to go down. They're going to score. Mahomes can get the ball back. Yeah, he's going to score. Yeah, yeah. And then you're going to say, well, Josh Allen deserves another chance for a rebuttal. And it's like, well, first of all, no, he doesn't because your defense eventually has to get that. But then again, Josh Allen's just going to go down. We would still be playing right now. Yeah. And like, I, I saw a meme. It was like, it was going to be a final no, score 140. Chiefs. Been like that. Yeah. Steve or uh, Chiefs. Eventually the game has to end. 35. You want to do something about it? Play better defense. Like that, yeah. That was exactly. pitiful. That was horrible. Um, yeah. And. I don't really have that big of a deal with it. I'm not as upset about it as a lot of people are because a lot of people who are upset, um, they're just college kids who are used to playing rules where everyone, you always get a rebuttal in life. You don't always get a rebuttal. Sometimes the game just ends mm-hmm. and you're just stuck with the result that you're left. And unfortunately, yes. In the playoffs, do I think the rules should be changed? Yes. Um, but the fact that you want to guarantee each team to touch the ball. Guys, the point of overtime is to just play overtime to decide a winner. It used to be sudden death, and honestly, I love that rule. You're literally just playing extra time until someone scores. That's the point of overtime. And so I don't know why you have to go have both teams guaranteed touch the ball. I just don't understand it. Play better defense. Yep, I agree. I just sorry. I'm I'm just unless you have a real solution to bring me to the table that is realistic, I don't want to hear you complaining about overtime rules. I'm sorry, I don't. And most people don't have a real because there's like, well, both teams should be guaranteed to touch the ball. Yes, but how does that work? The players don't want that. The players have agreed to these overtime terms because they want it's player safety. They want to play less. Mm-hmm. So they don't want overtime as it is. So in that way, I would say 
that would be my take on overtime rules. I mean, obviously, if you guys have anything you want to add, no, I, I agree. I think I think that yeah. I think you just defense has to make a play, and the Bills didn't. I just like we're just we're giving you're, you're the, taking, we're giving the defense a you're, break. That's the problem. Yeah, and for teams like the Bills, you're saying basically you want your offense to be your defense. Yeah. Of if we don't get a stop, we want our offense to defend us and get us get us the score to tie the game. Bring defense back. Like, let's bring good defense back. You think the Niners care? The Niners, the Niners would have gotten a stop there. Yeah, I they would have. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, the Bills are the number one defense in the league. Yeah, people don't realize that. Even I after mean, Trey White got hurt, they were still the best defense in the league. Pass rushing, secondary, they have it all. Linebackers, they have everything. They couldn't get a stop there in that situation, even though they had been getting stops throughout the game. That's on you, Buffalo. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to sit here and complain about Josh Allen not getting a touch when yeah. you gave up a field goal in 13 seconds. And now I get it. The Chiefs had three timeouts, which not a lot of people are like, they had three timeouts. The, the entire No, I know, but the entire field what, was at their disposal. Yeah, you can't which, ever try and compare what Kansas City had to do to what Dallas had to do. Um, I've seen no. comparisons on Twitter about that. And it's they just, scored it's in less so, time. It's... They scored in less time than Dak Prescott's entire run. Against the Niners. They scored in less time than Dak Prescott took on that entire run. It's incredible. Um, but let's move on here to the pick because we're kind of short on time here. Uh, almost approaching the hour mark. Man, we've talked a lot. Uh, but we'll go to the pick here. Uh, I said this last night, and I stand by it. Many, unfortunately, you probably are going to win again. Uh, he had a really good week, and the rest of us all were horrible. Um, we all lost points or didn't move at all. And Manit had a 12-point week. He got three out of the four picks right, mm-hmm. and then his confidence pick Can hit with be? the Rams. So he had 12. Him, Stafford. He got 12 points last week. Owen had negative two because he got all four picks wrong, and his confidence pick didn't hit, so I docked him another two points. Uh, Jay, you evened out. You got one pick right. You got Kansas City, but then your confidence pick was the Packers for three. Nah, didn't didn't work. work. So you evened out at zero, and I lost two. I got all four wrong. And then lost two points on the Buccaneers. So I'm at four. Um, I I don't even know how I did it, but I did it. Um, but I can still say, because of the scoring system, we are all still in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, each game this week is worth six points. That's 12 points you could put on the board. If you guys disagree with Manit and he gets nothing right and then loses his confidence pick, you guys are all of a sudden in the lead. So it's nothing crazy. Uh, but now it's dire times. There's only three games left in the regular season, and we have a lot. I have 15 points to make up. So, Manit, you're going to go first, opening us up for championship week pick em. the AFC championship game first, the Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City. That's, I mean, I really have nothing else to say. They're going to be showing out like they have been. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to do everything he can. And that offense, it's going to be a good, great game. That kind of surprised me. I have, like, no issue with it being... Yeah. I thought he was going to pick the Bengals. I really did. I really did. On the Bengals Absolutely the last two not. weeks. I felt like he was going to go Bengals-Rams because I'm like, no he was going to take the Bengals. He's been talking yeah. about the Bengals all year long. I it's thought he was going to take it's one more. my preseason Super Bowl pick. There's no way I'm picking against it. Well, see, but to me, that's, like, a little wrong. I mean, I would have picked what? against mine if I legitimately thought it wasn't a good prediction. It is a good prediction. It is. I'm not saying it's not. But, you know. I mean, if it was a Super Bowl pick, then, I mean, it's rightfully so. That yeah. Take a them. chance in life, Manny. Come Absolutely on. Absolutely not. When I have a chance to be right, I mean, it makes sense. Just because if you would have picked the Bengals in the game and if the Chiefs go, you still have that prediction overall correct. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean. I guess. It's not the same pick, though, to me, in my opinion. It yeah. shouldn't dictate why you're picking what you're picking. No, it, it, it isn't. I think Kansas City's just going to win the game. Which is, um, which is fair. I'm Dude, I'm just messing around. But at the same time, it's like, dude, take a chance, Manny. Come on now. Yeah, Manny. Jay, you, you just got? want Come me to now. lose. Come on, Manny. That's, Let's go. That's, well, that you too. Think, you think Cincinnati's going to lose, <laughs> so me picking Cincinnati's going to make me lose points. And I'll talk so about it when I have to make... picking rabbit I'll hole. talk about my thought process when yes. I make my pick, but Jay, you're up. Um, you I got the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. I just I, I think they have too much firepower, especially yeah. with that crazy game. I just don't think the Bengals can hold up. I'll probably be wrong again because I bet against the Bengals for three straight times. <laughs> so that's been fun. Oh I've been God, wrong all three how times. Gambling dictates how much I pick. Yep. So... I'm going to introduce you guys to Super Bowl 16. You know who played in Super Bowl 16? 
Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yes. oh my God. And then, wait, oh, wait, it. I'm going to introduce you guys to Super Bowl 23. You know who played in Super Bowl 23? The Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers. To me, two things take away from this. Number one, it's destiny. Number two, I'm actually three things. Number two, I am way behind. And number three, I think it's hilarious that anytime the Bengals are like anywhere close to the Super Bowl, the 49ers are right there. Like that team can never like they're never going to make it to the Super Bowl without the 49ers being right there on the other side. Um, they've the only 49ers been 49ers are just never bad. They've been to dude. They're always good. They're I don't always understand. Good. The 49ers have been no. They had like two down years dude, after like the, last year. That last Shanahan year they were bad. Last Joel year that... Shanahan had to do was build his team up for like yeah. a, two years. The, the, he's a playoff. The, the, the like, fun, it's every just, year. Last year they were bad because no of injuries. It's freaking insane. The Bengals have been to the Super Bowl two times. Those two times that I mentioned, 16 and 23. Both times they played the San Francisco 49ers, and both times they lost to Joe Montana. Mm -hmm. It's destiny. Bengals, Niners, part three, which, yes, is telegraphing my next pick. I think the 49ers may get seven in a row against the Rams. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Give me the Bengals. Okay, honestly, though, under the radar, my pick is the Chiefs. But for the sake (laughs) of... (laughs) <laughs> the pick I'm going with Cincinnati on the road to give me Bengals 49ers part three. I think we deserve this. We deserve this, everybody. Bengals Niners part three. Give it to me. No Joe Montana this time. That's unfair. Owen, Owen's taking the Chiefs. So I am by myself on the Bengals. Hey, welcome to the by yourself on the Bengals train. It worked it's, for you. It's a very welcome boat. Again, my pick is it the Chiefs. It'll probably work out for you, considering how many times I've picked the Bengals by myself and it's worked. But good I'm, luck. I'm picking with the Bengals for the sake of making up points on my knee. That is the point. So, and all of you, for that matter. So, it's a whole six points I'd have that you guys wouldn't. So, I'll take it. I'm taking the 49ers in the FC Championship. Yep. Uh, they are not too. The Rams can't unbeatable. beat them. They can't do it. No yeah. matter how hard they try, they have not figured it out. And I know Ra- Manit's taking the Rams because he has to. But at the same time, I mean, you can def- you can talk about it, Manit. I'm not just going to like move off of you. Um, but you are taking the Rams, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really think, like I thought from the beginning of the year, that this was finally the year Stafford gets it done because he has a team and he's able to showcase. And I think he's just going to keep doing what he's been doing. To me, it's just, think about this. It took us 55 years in the Super Bowl era to have a team host the Super Bowl. And now we're looking at potential it could happen in back-to-back years. I think that that is ridiculous. That is insane. It's actually awesome. But, like, to think about how long it took us for a team to host the Super Bowl in their own building and then to now be talking about for the second straight year, it's a very likely possibility. Like, that's incredible. Um and it's good for the league. I, I I think it's really fun when the team plays at home. You could tell last year Tampa had a clear home field advantage. Yeah. I don't think the Rams would have the same advantage. Um, no. Their fan base just isn't as strong. L.A., there's just other things to do. But <laughs> especially if they were, like, playing Kansas City, I mean, come on. That's going to be a Chiefs home game. Um, it'd be a Bengals home game, too. I mean, the Bengals fans have been waiting so long for this. You're telling me during the Super Bowl against the Rams in L.A., they're going to represent. Um, to me, this is going to go one of two ways, though. I will say with my picks. It's either going to be Bengals 49ers or it's going to be Chiefs Rams. I don't think it's going to be a combination of either one. I believe in destiny. I believe in this type of thing. Bengals Niners part three or Chiefs Rams, the Super Bowl we've wanted to see for the last three years. I want to see Chiefs Rams, but I think it's going to be a repeat the Super Super Bowl rematch from two years ago. Which would be fun. I would like to see it. I just, I'm literally picking the Niners just because, guys, they've won six games in a row against the Rams. Sean McVay has lost to to the Niners. Six straight times. He's never beaten Shanahan. Um, it's just remarkable how a team just owns them like that when they're not even that – they're not better on the field. They're not. They just own the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Let's see. But I will say the Rams from that Week 18 game, they're going to remember, like, that blown lead and how they gave that game away. They basically let the Niners into the playoffs. I mean, think about it. If they just hold on to that lead, the Niners aren't even here. It's New Orleans, and we're probably looking at – the Rams and the Packers right now. So yeah. you did this, LA. You you wanted this just to set up this game. I get it. It was all part of your master plan, Sean McVay, because you are just that guy. But we'll wrap it up there. Well, no, we gotta do confidence picks. Um do we have the spreads? Mm, not really. <laughs> I'll pull them up right now. Um to review. Uh 
Manit has the Chiefs and the Rams. Jay has the Chiefs and the Niners. Owen has the Chiefs and the Rams. I forgot to mention he is picking the Rams. And I got the Bengals and the 49ers because why not? Confidence picks time. Oh, man. Uh, do you have the spread? Do you have the spread full? Who is tapping? Yeah, that's Manit. You hear that? Shaking my mic. <laughs> what? You're just like you're shaking. Tap- yeah, you're like tapping. shaking like... T- <laughs> Oh. And it was like <laughs> my mic was bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. Uh, okay, we got Cincinnati. Or no, the Chiefs are seven and a half against Cincinnati. Holy Christ! Yeah, San like, Francisco. No way they're seven and a half. The Rams are seven and That's a half. Or not the Rams. The Rams are three ridiculous. and a half on San Francisco. That shouldn't be allowed. Oh so I, I'm gonna go first. I mean, there's only two games, so we're of course we're gonna have like the same game. It doesn't really matter. But I'm gonna go first since I'm in last. Owen has the Chiefs. For three points wow. at minus seven and a half. I'm wow. going to go with the Niners plus three. Actually, you know what? No. just We're talking about just covering a spread here to get my points. Yeah. For three points, give me Cincinnati to cover the seven and a half. Oh, man. I mean, the last two times I've gone for three, it's not worked. So, um, I like the bank. Yeah, I like Cincinnati for two plus seven and a half. Okay. So... Um, yeah. What, what about you? What is the Rams spread? Sorry. Three and a half. It's my three and a half three. Rams. Yeah, three and a half. Hmm. I'll take the Bengals plus seven and a half. Four. Three. Okay, that's just stupid. Um, because now he's just copying me. So I'm changing mine to the Niners plus three and a half. <laughs> okay. Well, I just I got I gotta make a point, so I'll do it. I, I if I think the Niners are gonna win outright, they they're gonna cover three and a half. That's where I'm going. Just give me that. So confidence picks Manit Bengals plus seven and a half for three points. Jay Bengals plus seven and a half for two points. Owen has the Chiefs minus seven and a half for three points. And I have the 49ers plus three and a half for three points. So that will do it for the pick'em. Once again, the standings Manit with nineteen. Owen and Jay with six, and me with four. Um, four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, and again, for everyone who didn't listen to our episode last week, because, again, it wasn't on the air, uh, I did not get a single game right. I picked all four games wrong, as did Owen, I might add. But uh, I think everyone in the country did. I mean, no one expected that. I had all the home teams weekend. except for Buffalo, and it was all the road teams except for the Chiefs. It just maddening. Um, But that will do it for this week on the Pylon Championship Week. We'll be back next week to do something. Um, I usually save Super um, Super Bowl episodes for the week of the Super Bowl. Next week, we'll find something to fill the time. May take a week off. We don't know. We'll probably just recap Championship Week and um, do a lot of that and just kind of recap the season in general as we close down to one game left with the Super Bowl. But thank you all for listening. If you've made it this far in the episode, I applaud you. (laughs) Um, Thanks for sticking around with us and talking some football. We'll see you guys next week for Pro Bowl week. So exciting. I know. I'm going to watch. Pro Bowl week here on the pylon. As for your host, Michael Markoch, alongside Manit Patel, Jada Coster, signing off. We'll see you guys next week.